You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt. I just want to let you know that there are only 25 days between you and the very first practice down in Bourbon A. And today, we're going to continue our countdown to camp with a complete preview of the Bears' offensive line. Today, I'm joined by just one of my Bears brothers. I have Brandon Hazlett, a.k.a. Mr. Trenches. Plus, we've brought on a true expert. He brings you Sack Watch week in and week out all season long. He is Lester Wiltfong Jr., the editor over at Windy City Gridiron. Lester, I know you're dealing with some severe storms right now. Your internet may be going in and out, but if you can hear me, how's it going? Uh, so far, so good on the internet. and it's, I'm, 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 real, I'm real glad to be on the show again. Yeah, we're really glad to have you. I think the last time was the bye week, which I, I'm going to admit fault here. That's been way too long to have Lester on uh, my show. I need a little bit more Lester in my life. So we're going to make this more of a normal occurrence. And hopefully the weather will uh, allow us to do some complete podcast recording tonight. But guys, before we actually start breaking down the offensive alignment, I just want to let you know, our listeners, uh, that the few installments of uh, the Bears annual Meet the Rookie series is now officially out. Uh, I saw at least three or maybe it's two and a half. I'm trying to figure it out, um, but I want to let you know that they're out. I don't want to be a spoiler. I don't want to spoil anything, so just check them out when you can. Uh, right now, you can learn more about Roquan Smith. I think James Daniels. I saw a six-minute video. I watched it. It was very interesting. I just feel like maybe uh, there's a longer one coming on James Daniels, and then also uh, Joe E.A. Booneyway. So check out those three whenever you can. The Bears just released them starting last night. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and get down to business. I want to begin the discussion with what I'm going to call the four starting linemen, where I think we can all agree that these four players, if and when healthy, are going to be starters week one. And of course, I'm talking about Charles Leno Jr., Cody Whitehair, Kyle Long, and Bobby Massey. And I want to work our way inside out. And I'm going to start with Cody White here. He's entering his third season. And after that still a rookie year, he really kind of failed to build off of it in 2017. But to his credit, he really wasn't put in much of a position to succeed after being moved around the preseason. He made 12 starts at center and two at each of the guard positions last year. Uh, and for now, it appears the Bears are at least softly committed at keeping him at center. Uh, but of course, with the second round pick, James Daniels, I don't think you can uh, completely rule out another switch for White here in the future. But Lester, I want to go to, over to you to begin things. And uh, I want to know, how can White here have a, what I'm going to call a bounce back year in 2018? Because he didn't regress a ton last year, but I think it was still regression nevertheless. You know, I think the thing for White here, like you mentioned, he has to stay in one spot. I think that's key for 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 uh, uh, for for most young players. You know, they have to be comfortable with what they're doing. Uh, they have to understand the the guys that are that are going to be uh, uh, lined up next to him every single play. You know, you you get really comfortable playing that that, that spot on the line. So if he's going to be a center, let him be a center. If he's going to play guard, let him play guard. You know, you mentioned last year starting all over the place. I mean. Uh, week one, he played three different. Uh, he played both guard spots and center in week one. So that's just not a that's, that's not a good way to ha have a guy have a guy uh, uh, go through the season. So it's really important to get white hair locked in in one spot, whether it's center or guard. Let him play that spot and let him stay there. 
forever, hopefully. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I'm sure he would appreciate that as well. B, over to you. What are your expectations out of good old number 65? I, I think their aggression stopped. I think that what we've seen out of his rookie years, what we're going to get back uh, back to seeing that that type of form from Cody White here. I think, it, like Lester said, as long as he stays at one position, whether it is center or guard, I won't complain if it's either one. He's just a very solid lineman. But as long as he can stay there, like Lester was saying, I think we're going to see him back to his rookie form, uh, the dominant offensive lineman that he was. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the big one that most people can agree on, just consistency, being able to have some stability in his life to understand his assignments, not have to overthink things. And again, if you don't have to learn all three positions, it's definitely a bonus for you. Uh, Lester, over to you. I'm curious to your thoughts here. What do you believe is Whitehair's greatest like strength or X or asset? And I think his strength is one of his top strengths. I mean, he's, he's really strong at the point of attack. Um, plus, he's, he's very a, a real smart football player. I mean, that's one of the reasons why. The- Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Bears had no problem putting him at center with, uh, uh, it, was, it was a year ago, it was, it was uh, two years ago, it was in camp when, when the injury happened to, to, the, to the starting center at the time. Uh, they, they signed Josh Sitton, they put Whitehair at center, and it was, you know, they had uh, no problem doing that because he game um and i think with him if he is going to be your center i think it's good for them um, but again if it's guard for center he's got to stay at one spot and he has to grow into that role yeah exactly good points there lester so i think that does it for why here again most of these linemen especially the starters i think we know what we're going to expect out of them coming up in 2018 so up next we're going to go ahead and discuss the bears guard who's had three surgeries this offseason but before we do that we're going to take a quick time out and tell you about our show sponsor SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's something quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all the Bears brothers have the Seeky gaps on our phones and our devices, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere and just in a few taps, instantly find some seats. And on top of that, if you sign up for their weekly newsletter, something I've done a while ago, it's really beneficial because it really curates events happening near you that you would find interesting. So definitely check that out if you can. But I was looking at Seeky earlier today, of course, for the games I've been kind of keeping an eye on for a while, uh, two of them. Uh, the Hall of Fame game, which again, is coming up right around the corner. We're going to be there. We'd love to meet you there. And we're taking a road trip down to Miami week six in October. And we want to meet you there as well. We currently have a group of 30 Bears fans joining us down there for that Miami trip. And you're invited too. So check it out. SeatGeek has plenty of amazing deals on their site. A lot of uh, budget-friendly tickets, no doubt about it. And SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you the time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. 
Alrighty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and with me I have my Bears brother, Brandon Hazlett, and the both of us are joined by the editor at Windy City Gridiron, Lester Wiltfong Jr., and we are previewing the Bears' offensive line heading into training camp. Guys, let's go ahead and talk about Kyle Long. Like I mentioned before the break, he had three surgeries this offseason, which, I mean, is pretty good news. Uh, he's battled through injuries uh, last season, the year before, and now that you know his ankle's pretty much healed up, his neck, his shoulder, he's... You know, he's like the million dollar man right now, but he should be ready to rock and roll this year. I mean, I think it was April. He promised to be, quote unquote, flying around come the season. So, Lester, over to you. I want to know what you expect from Kyle Long if he's able to be fairly active in training camp and uh, starts week one. Should we be patient with him? I mean, he's smart. He's frequently strong. He's athletic. We all know that, but a new system, three surgeries, it just smells like the possibility of struggles, especially early on for Kyle. You know, it is possible. I think a year ago he had some problems when we were starting off with the injury. Uh, but but this year it seems like the injuries are are, are a lot sooner than they were last year. Last year he was still recovering. You know, this year from what, you know, he says, what what, what the coach says, what the GM says, it says he'll be ready to go by training camp. You know, whether he's he's, he's 100% is, is, is going to be seen. But if he's able to get out there and, and practice with his teammates, that's, that's going to be a big plus for him as far as getting the offense down. Um, but then as far as the offense goes, I mean, it's still going to be a zone blocking scheme up front. You know, there'll be some power concepts as well. So, you know, it's something that he's done before. It's not going to be something that's, that's too different for him. So as long as he's able to get out there and, and, and get, you know, and, and, get, and get, get, get used to playing with, with Massey and, and the center next to him, I think he'll be fine. And I think he should be, a, be at, at, a, at a, a, a Pro Bowl level again if he's healthy. That's the big if. And again, we're going to, I mean, all Bears fans are hoping that if comes true, that he does remain healthy. Uh, something I want to note, at least that I've heard throughout the coaches, throughout OTAs, that uh, at least uh, I take some stock in something I find joyful is that they keep talking about what Kyle's doing on the sidelines. He's just taking all the mental reps. He's a big part of the lineman room. Uh, so for him being still active, I mean, that's what he's doing. He's a leader. He's a captain. He's going to go out there. He's still doing all the mental reps. So that way, when he is healthy, he's able to step in without skipping a beat. But B, over to you. I want to know your thoughts here on Long. What would make this season a, a success for him? Personally, I think if he can just remain healthy all year long, that's a huge win in my book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think if he can uh, be an example for James Daniels as well, the rookie out of Iowa, who I've, spoiler alert, I have him winning the guard position next to Cody Whitehair at center. I think if he can be an example for him, because Kyle's just such a vocal uh, leader, uh, as well as a guy who's going to go out there and show you what he expects, because uh, he plays through Wilson, I think he expects everyone else to do that as well. And something that I mentioned uh, last year, uh, when when he's out there and he's healthy, I mean, the offensive line plays a little differently. They play with a little more edge on them, and I think that that's going to wear off, and I think if he can get that off of, uh, onto James Daniels, uh, then I think that's going to be a successful year, not just for him, but the entire offensive line and the rookie because he's going to learn a lot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kyle Long, he's so valuable to this Bears offensive line, so having him out there, it's going to be a huge boost for this Bears offense, one that really needs him up front. All right, guys, let's move right along, and let's go ahead and set our sights on the tackles. Charles Leno Jr., he continued his career trajectory last season with yet another solid year. I mean, he's been fairly consistent. I believe he's near 3,000 straight snaps on offense. Actually, I see the number in front of me. It's 2,903 straight snaps played. He wasn't perfect in pass pro last season, but he did hold his own despite uh, having to face off against some fierce pass rushers all year long. Uh, Lester, for you first, I want to know, what can Leonard do, Leno Jr. do to take the next step? You know, he's a guy, he's continually taking steps forward, improving year after year, but how can he take his game uh, to the next level this season? Or are you perhaps 
anticipating a plateau out of him. You know, it's possible there's a plateau. I mean, he's 26 years old, I believe. There is, you know, uh, uh, still room to grow for him. Uh, the thing with him, he has to get more consistent. I think the penalties kind of hurt him last year. I think he had nine or ten uh, penalties. Um, if he can get if he can get that cleaned up, I think that'll help his overall game. I think part of it, he he he, he, he tends to to uh, uh, think a little too much when he's out there. I think that kind of hurts him as far as that goes. But but he has good hands. He has good feet. Um, he has he has uh, a real real good length. And it seems like once. He locks his hands on you. Uh, the block is made. His problem is that if he doesn't get his hands up quick enough, that's when he seems to have, have a few problems. Uh, so his big thing is just work on his technique and then keep growing as, as the player that he, that he is. Yeah, exactly. That's why we bring you on. I love that insight you can bring about, you know, the Bears offensive line, like things about there with Leno Jr. in his hands. It's something that, you know, me personally, I mean, I have a hard time grasping when it comes to offensive line analysis. That's why we brought you on. I just want to kind of give a little bit more insight on those penalties because it was something that I kind of circled as well as a area that you can kind of improve. He actually had 13 penalties last year. Okay. Uh, six, and yeah, and and in his first 38 games, he was only called for 11. So they have 13 all of last season, of course, is a little alarming. And that includes six false starts and six holding calls. And again, he played with two different quarterbacks. One of them was a rookie. And again, playing at tackle, you're trying to you know get off the ball as fast as you can. The cadence is a little, a little bit different as well with the different quarterbacks. So again, I want to see his penalties take a dip. Getting back to the five to six range uh, for the entire year would be a huge benefit for the Bears. What about you, B? What are you anticipating out of Leno Jr.? He's not quite a, a Pro Bowl uh, type tackle. So like to say that he's going to have a, you know, if he, it's not going to be a successful year for him to reach the Pro Bowl is kind of a stretch. I think he could have a successful year without doing that. If, if he can have a quiet year uh, like he has been, minus the penalties, which is something I was going to bring up as well. So get your brooms out. That's a sweep for that one. Uh, <laughs> big red flag there for Leno as the penalties. But if he can have a quiet year, and just keep solidifying that left tackle position. If he's if he's here for the, the remainder of his career, I mean, frankly, I'm okay with that. Charles Leno is a very solid left tackle who, who does his job and does it quietly. So I, as long as he continues to do what he's doing, I have no issue with him at all. Lester, what would you say to the small vocal minority that believes Leno Jr.'s contract was a little bit too high and that he's not living up to it already? You know, he is paid like the like the 15th or 16th best left tackle in the game today. Right. And, and, and if that's what he is, that's fine. I mean, that's, that's what he is. He, he's like, like, like you guys said, he's, he's average right now. If you can get a little better, great. But if this is the best, that's okay. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, we're, it's worked in the past. He's not a huge liability in pass protection. He's, you know, the bears ran successfully to the left the past couple of seasons with Jordan Howard. I know, you know, uh, Josh Sitton was a big part of that as well, but don't forget Leno Jr. out there setting the edge. Let's move on to the other tackle. Let's talk about Bobby Massey. Uh, Last season, I think he proved to be a little bit more consistent than he was in his first year in Chicago. Uh, He was at least more effective, uh, rarely penalized, only four times, which was the lowest among the regular starters. Uh, He still struggled at times in pass protection, uh, but not nearly to the same degree that he did in 2016. And again, like most of the starters, I feel like we know what we're going to get out of Massey at this point. You know, he's a serviceable right tackle. Uh, Lester, is that a correct assessment here? And what do you expect from uh, the 28-year-old? He's entering his seventh season now. Yeah, that's the... Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep. All night, every night.
For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Perfect word for him. He's, he's very serviceable. I mean, he is what he is. I mean, you understand what you're going to get out of him. He has, he has, you might think Kyle Long with an attitude. You know, with Massey, he has, he, he has the same edge to his game as well. He's, he's pretty good at, in, in, as, as a run blocker, as a pass blocker. He will struggle against the speed rushers, but that's... That's pretty much most right tackles in the league. You know, they're going to struggle against the guys that are really fast off the edge. Um, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned with the hands with Leno, with Massey, he's the same thing. He, he doesn't have such a, as good a feet as Leno, so it's harder for him to get there to the edge. But once his hands are on you, you're blocked and you stay blocked. That's the thing with Massey. He's really strong up, up top. And and with him, I think with he'll, he'll have some more help this year with the, in the offense are going to have. You know, he, he's, he's, he should never, ever be on an island out there. He should always have a little, a little bit of help against the against the real real, real fast guys off the edge. And, and if, if the offense is a little more or a little, a little less predictable, I think he'll have a really good season this year. Or good as far as what Massey is good for, which is what the Bears need. Exactly. Uh, I'm curious. What do you think, uh, you know, Harry Heastan can do with Massey? Do you think he can actually help him improve his game or does Massey not have a lot of room to grow? You know, it, the, the, his problems are with his feet and he's just not the, 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 the quickest of guys out there. Um, I think that, that you can help him with angles a little bit. If he gets his angles a little better on some, some, on some of his sets, that's where some of, some of his problems arise from. So if he can, you know, if he can tighten up his technique, he can, he can get a little better. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's a little limited athletically. What about you, B? You have anything different, Lester? I mean, he pretty much, you know, hit the nail on the head of the hammer. Whatever that slogan is that I just butchered, you know what I meant. Yeah, I know what you meant. Uh, my big thing with with Massey is forgive, but don't forget. Uh, because don't forget, we used to have a segment on the show called "Who's Bobby Massey Going Up Against This Week?" Because he just gave up so many sacks in that period of time his first year here in Chicago, and he's he's gotten better. Uh, but I think kind of what you see is what you get out of him. I mean, I don't I don't know how much Harry Heastan's going to help him because, like Lester said, it's it's a foot thing. Uh, with him, and he's he's got to be able to have some more time, I think, to be able to correct it. If we see him with a shirt this season that says it's a foot thing, we know where it came from. Just <laughs> but uh, for me, guys, one thing I want to just point out, and uh, is I want to see him start the season off strong because each of his first two years here, he's really struggled weeks like one through four, one through five, uh, and especially in terms of pass protection. And then he kind of settles down for a bit, gets into a groove, gets a little bit more confident. Um, but again, if the Bears are, you know, implementing the RPO, the quick passing game, like Lester said, maybe not so predictable. That should allow Trubisky to get rid of the ball, of course, a little bit quicker and limit those quarterback hurries, those quarterback hits, those sacks that Massey tends to give up. So, yeah, for all those reasons, again, Massey, he's a serviceable tackle. All right, guys, let's go ahead and try to fill that void at guard next. You know, the way I see it at left guard, we have two realistic options here. Maybe three if you want to throw in Cody White here, too, with a position switch with James Daniels. But the other one would be Eric Cush. Cush, he was claimed by the Bears in September of 2016. He appeared in eight games and four starts that year. And if for those who forgot, he did fill in pretty admirably. And Ryan Pace rewarded him with a two-year contract the following offseason. But unfortunately, last August, he tore his, uh, his hamstring. He was out for the entire year. And I think we can all agree that the Bears desperately missed him, especially when injuries started hitting the interior of the Bears' offensive line. But now healthy, Kush, he's taking first-team reps at guard throughout OTA's minicamp, and he's going to get the first crack of the job come training camp. And don't forget, Kush did work with Coach Nagy a few seasons back in Kansas City, so he's already in good graces with Ryan Pace. Obviously, uh, Nagy holds him in high regard as well, so those are two good signs for Eric. Cush. 
And then James Daniels, the rookie out of Iowa, he's considered perhaps the best center in the entire draft. But the Bears, they say they're going to try him out at guard first. He's still only 20 years old, and he has a lot to prove before he actually reaches the starting unit. Uh, but with a strong camp, he could push Cush for the job. Lester, when it's all said and done, who do you anticipate being the starter week one between these two and why? You know, I think it's probably going to be Daniels. Um, I just think he's uh, he's 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 much more of, of, of an athlete. I think what the, what the Bears want to do with guard is they want to get those guys. When I'm coming on in in, in, the, uh, in the in the in the power game on, on the pull going up up the gut there, and they also want to have him on, on those on the, on, on the zone blocking scheme. I mean, that's that's his game. That's what he did at Iowa. Um, I think he understands the, the the scheme they want to run here in Chicago. I think he'll, he'll be a big plus there. But but you mentioned Kush. I mean, I like Kush. I think he's a really good player. Uh, he he had the hamstring uh, last year. And I believe he was actually healthy and ready to go by the end of the year. But it was just one of those things where they had, they had, they had to keep him on IR just for the whole year. Uh, but so he is healthy. He is ready to go. You mentioned he is starting right now. Um, but, you know, with Daniels, I mean, he just there's a lot of upside there. And I think if I think if, if things are, are even, they go with the young guy. OK, so you have Daniels as the guy who's going to win the job. Can you maybe give our listeners a few signs to pay attention for uh, throughout training camp, throughout preseason that are going to be signs that kind of point towards Daniels grasping the offense, understanding his role and, of course, kind of pushing for that starting role? Hmm. Uh, Lester, are you there? I'm here. Are you there? Yeah. Did you hear that question? <laughs> Uh, I, I think the end cut off, but I think it was kind of like uh, it's going to be hard to tell. Cause a lot of stuff with, that happens in camp is really, really hard for the fans or, or even the media to kind of report on. Um, it's kind of stuff done that's that's away from the from from the sideline there. But but as far as Daniels, like when you watch the preseason games, you're going to watch him get to the second level. If he's able to to understand what's going on in front of him and then get to the second level, and make those those, those blocks up there. I think that's going to give him, you know, going to be enough to show that he's able to start at this level. Um, his questions coming in, he was a really good blocker in college in the run game, um, but he doesn't have the, the the strength that Kush does at the point of attack, I think, at the NFL level right now. Uh, but his quickness, if he can get there in, in, in the scheme and he can and he can at least be a, a, a technique blocker, I think that's what the Bears will be okay with. Yeah, see, you know, even if you didn't hear the end of the question, that was the perfect answer. So uh, great job there. B, you already gave the spoiler that you too have Daniels winning the job. Why so? He just fits the mold that Nagy's looking for in these offensive linemen. He's mentioned before how he's looking for athletic guys, and that's what James Daniels is. And Eric Cush is athletic as well. He's got more mass to him. Uh, but Daniels just moves better. Uh, like Lester said, he's uh, proved to be a very good uh, blocker when he's on the move, being a pull on the run. He struggles uh, in the pass pro because he just doesn't have the same mass that Eric Cush does. Uh, so for that reason, though, I do have James Daniels winning because I think time is uh, going to be definitely more on James Daniels' side. And if, like Lester said, if it's a tie – then they, then they give it to Daniels. Absolutely. Okay. So all this love for Daniels, I just want to point out one thing about Eric Cush. You know, Lester says he's a good player and he really is. And what makes him, I think, a little bit more valuable than just a, you know, a normally, you know, a good interior offensive lineman uh, is that he has the ability to play all three positions. He can play left guard, center, or, you know, the right guard. And of course, to have that kind of flexibility that you, to step in whenever your number is called. It's just going to give this Bears, you know, what we, we said it last year, like when Kush comes in, the Bears offense doesn't skip a beat. And that's something that I don't think should go unnoticed. Like we said, he's going to get the start come training camp to at least start things off. But even if he does have to take a backup role and become like the primary reserve interior lineman, don't underestimate the value that that kind of brings and how important he is going to be uh, to this Bears offensive line all season long. 
But uh, Lester, you talked about Daniels winning the job. Do you see him starting at guard, or do you see the Bears doing the switch? Again, this is pretty much purely uh, speculation at this point. I don't even think the Bears coaches know how it's going to unfold, but I'm curious your thoughts, where you think he fits best. You know, I think he's eventually going to be a center, but I, I understand what the Bears are trying to do. They want to make it as easy on him as possible, and playing guard is much easier in, in the NFL level to start off with a center. You know, he, he doesn't have to do the, 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 the calls in the line. He just basically can, can pull. He can, he can move. He, his, he can show what a good athlete he is at the guard spot, where if he was a center, he'd have more stuff at the point of attack. We'd have to be, 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 uh, be, be, be uh, 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 you know, just just blocking right there as far as as far as the price at the point of attack. Uh, he has to make the line calls. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like I said, I don't care where he plays as long as they let him play there and let him grow there and let him grow for the rest of his career. I don't. I don't. I cannot stand moving these guys around, especially at that at his age. Exactly. He's so young. He has you know he has a ton of potential. So to find a way to you know groom him and get the most out of the potential, so stunting some growth by you know moving in and out. The Bears do list him as a center right now on their roster, which I find peculiar because they said, oh, he's going to be a guard first. And then, you know, they could just give him the offensive lineman, you know, designation. But right now he is technically a center. I know he's still taking, uh, you know, doing snaps throughout OTAs. So we'll see how it all plays out. But, uh, you know, only Chicago do we draft a guard and he ends up being our center and drafting a center. He's end up going to be playing guard. It's just, it's funny. B, any final thoughts, Daniels or Cush? Or it's really kind of not funny, depending on your perspective. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm with Lester. I'd like to see these guys stay in one position, but I think uh, Ryan Pace has been very smart because I'm counting four guys, one that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, Cody Whitehair, James Daniels, Eric Cush, and Earl Watford are all guys who can play center guard and can be moved around if need be. And I think that's smart. I would rather see them see the young guys stick to with where they're at because that helps their growth. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like it's uh, – absolutely a bad thing for the bears to be able to have that flexibility indeed all right guys so we just talked about six linemen that we all expect to be on the roster come september and over the last two seasons the bears have kept eight offensive linemen on the you know on the 53 man roster so we're going to use that as a benchmark here which means we have 10 more players and only two more roster spots ton of competition ahead for these guys uh, i'm just going to run down the list real quick at tackle we have a uh, bradley sal uh, he came here from Seattle. He appeared in every game and started in two last year. Uh, he plays both guard and tackle, and he, I think he's in prime position to be the Bears' swing tackle after signing that two-year deal this offseason. Then you have Matt McCants. He's a former 2012 sixth-round pick, uh, and he's back with the Bears. He appeared in two games in 2016. He was an IR all of last season. Uh, then you have Dejon Allen. He's an undrafted free agent out of Hawaii. And then moving over to guard, you have Jordan Mar Morgan, who was last year's fifth-round pick. He spent the entire rookie season in IR with a shoulder surgery. Earl Watford, that Brandon just mentioned, uh, he's coming from Arizona, which I think we have a thing for Arizona linemen. Uh, he's the former fourth-round lineman. He has 21 starts in his career, and that's over a five-year span. Brandon Green, he was a practice squad member a year ago out of Alabama. Jeremy Hall, he's an undrafted free agent out of US, USF, and the Bears signed him this past offseason, uh, this current one, after a minicamp tryout. Uh, Will Perisak, I'm going to say, uh, he's uh, on the, his seventh team in five years. He's a former undrafted free agent. And uh, one more center in Hironis Grassou, uh, entering his final year with rookie deal. Former third rounder. He struggled throughout his career. That's been widely noted. And then the wild card without a set position. We have Rashad Coward. That's right. The nose tackle transitioning to offensive line. So, guys, 10 players, two roster spots. I'm going to just rip it off like a Band-Aid. 
who makes the roster and who doesn't and why? And B, I'm going to let you go first. I have Bradley Sal making it because uh, he just signed a two-year deal. And he's not hes not exactly my favorite lineman, but he's a quality backup. I mean, hes he's got a competitive nature to him. I was listening to uh, an interview that Pete Carroll had after he had his MCL injury a few years ago when he was in Seattle. And he says he's just really, really a competitive guy. You know, he had that injury, and then I think by Wednesday, he was, like, standing upright, and you would have never guessed that he was injured. Uh, so, I mean, he does have an edge to him. I thought he was kind of timid out there on the field myself. I thought he was always kind of the weakest link whenever he was out there. So I'm not the biggest fan, but I think he does make the team. And I'm really, really on the fence uh, between Jordan Morgan and Earl Watford at guard because I, I think Jordan Morgan has a lot more time, a lot more upside to him. Uh, but at the same time, Earl Watford can play – you know, center and guard, like I said before, and he's got experience. Uh, so that that really adds more value. And I think at the end of the day, if if Jordan Morgan still has his practice or his uh, his yeah his practice squad availability, uh, then I think he ends up there. Uh, and then they give it to Earl Watford for the last roster spot. But I also have another guy who could potentially make the practice squad with uh, Dejon Allen. He's a very very athletic kid, the guy that Matt Nagy wants. And he's played center, guard, and tackle all when he was at Hawaii. And, I mean, there were times where he struggled uh, just because he's not necessarily up to weight. But when he wins and gets those battles throughout the course of the game, he plays better as the game goes along. And I think that he could take that uh, practice squad spot as well. Uh, so, at the end of the day, I think that Earl Watford is the last guy that makes makes the roster. And I think Dejon Allen takes the practice squad. All right. Interesting analysis there from B. Let's go over to Lester. Uh, who, do you find, who do you see making the roster when it's all said and done? I think Namek is here, um, but like it's hard to tell with him because if you watch his tape from 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 Kutztown State, which there's a little tape out there, he's very very physical at the point of attack. Um, he, he has he has good feet for his size. Uh, he, he was playing uh, uh, left tackle at Kutztown, um, then of course the Bears had him at the uh, Senior Bowl, so they 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 liked him enough. They they thought he had enough technique to kind of draft. Um, then last year he had the, the the injury that kind of ruined his whole season. Uh, I'm not even sure if the injury was actually revealed. It was just kind of a mystery. Uh, but yeah. he, he has some he has some physical traits, uh, but it's hard to tell with him because, like I said, he, he hasn't played at all. I mean, he, I don't think he played at all in preseason. He got hurt in training camp and he never played at all. So um, I, I think he may be a guy that kind of falls in a practice squad again. Um, and I think with Watford, you know, like 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 you guys mentioned, he can play all, all three spots in, in the interior. I think he also had played some uh, uh, right tackle in in the past with, with Arizona a little bit. So he gives him versatility. Plus, he signed a deal and. You know, I, I don't like Bradley Sowell either. I think the, the best thing that Sowell does is he understands his job. I mean, he's, he's good enough to to get in there. He understands his, his assignments. He's just not very, very good at football. I mean, that's just what I notice. <laughs> I mean, he, he is what he is. I mean, he's a backup. I mean, those guys are backup for a reason. He, a left tackle, he could play right tackle, he could play some guard. I would rather him never play, uh, but that comes down to that. injury, so... Yes, and then and then of course the guy we haven't talked about is Chris, uh, is the center you mentioned a little bit with with Grassou. Um I think he's a guy that may have an inside shot here because he, he his his former coach is now the the uh, the, the coordinator with, with Mark Alfrich. Um I think he had an injury a couple years ago, and something with those with those injuries to the lower body with linemen it takes a couple years to come. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Back from, 
uh, if he has some strength in his core back, he may be a, a dark horse to make this roster. Yeah, good point there. You know, coming off an ACL, I mean, it always takes some time. I think a lot of fans are, you know, just have a bad taste in their mouth when they say Hironis Grasso or think about him because he struggled his rookie year. He was a little bit undersized. He put on a little bit of weight. He was starting. He was going to be the starting center. Goes down with an ACL. Comes in last year off and on due to the injuries and adequate, you know, mixed bag results. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, he's definitely a dark horse candidate to make the roster. I'm excited how it's all going to play out because – even though backup offensive lineman is not the sexiest of positions, it's still very important uh, for the success of a team because, you know, the injury bug always seems to happen. And it's very rare that you have the same starting five week one all the way through week 16 or, well, week 17. Uh, there's always a bye week. Don't forget about that. But, guys, let's go ahead and enter the final segment of our show and kind of take a look at the big picture. And to begin, I want to know, where's your current confidence level in the entire offensive line as a whole? Because I think there are some reasons to be very excited about it, um, but also a few question marks that kind of tend to make me sweat a little bit after thinking about it. Let's go to Lester first. What's your confidence level? You can do a scale of 1 to 10. You can put a word behind it. Your choice. You know, if, if they're healthy, I'm very confident in this group. I think that it's a very good group from, 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 from top to bottom. Um, I like the backups, you know, except for Sowell. I think that the key is Eric Cush. If he's healthy, if he was healthy last year, I think that the Bears will line is much better than it ended up. Uh, you you got to just, again, it all comes down to health. And we'll see what the new, the new uh, uh, strength and conditioning uh, coach had these guys doing. I know we saw some, some clips with Cush doing some stuff with Thayers. We saw Kyle Long doing some stuff with, uh, with Hurdles uh, a couple days ago on, on Twitter. Uh, I think they're going to have a good group. If, if a guy likes to play tackle for you, I think Mr. Trubisky's going to try to get the ball out as quick as possible. There we go. What about you, B? How confident are you? Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to put it at a 9. Even if we don't get very much Kyle Long uh, due to injury or just struggling to recover from one of those three surgeries, whatever. Uh, because I think even the backups, even if we end up playing James Daniel at one side, Eric Cush the other, I still don't think the offensive line misses much of a beat at all, if any. Uh, and the versatility of the backups just really adds a lot of depth. Aside from Bradley Sowell, I'm on the same boat with Lester on that one. Uh, I think that outside of the inside, I should say, of the line, I think is in a very, very good position. But if we run into problems with Charles Leno or Bobby Massey, that's where my confidence is going to start to dip. All right. Lester, over to you. When you're uh, when you're at training camp, or if you can't go this year, imagining you're at training camp and you're watching the offensive line, like what's going to be like the storyline uh, that kind of trumps the rest that you're going to be either paying attention to or kind of keeping in the back of your mind while watching the offense out there. I'm going to try to see who's playing uh, next to who. I think that's a that's a key for the old line is is getting that continuity together. Um, if, like I said, I like seeing these guys start in their one spot and stay there. Uh, but when, even in drills, when they're, when they're doing drills and on the uh, double team blocks and when they when they work working, I want to see who's working with who, um, and then kind of give you a tip and, and who's going to end up starting too. Because a lot of times you're going to have a guy like Daniels if he's doing more stuff at guard during a drill. That's probably telling you he's going to probably stay at guard. You know, once it comes to the game time. Um, but and I'm going to try and I. I will be there, and I'm going to try and do it last year. I'm going to try and uh, put something on Facebook Live since I'm not the uh, traditional media. I can film stuff. Yeah, don't you love not being <laughs> traditional media? It's, it's great. Uh, it's, it's very weird. I, you know, I, I, I always try to get, get, get a press pass, and I always get denied because we're not traditional media. So I'm like, okay, well, if you're not going to give me the press pass, then I'm going to go ahead and uh, break all your rules. I mean, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I mean, we do that as well. I pride myself on a, our training camp coverage that we've given out over the past few seasons. 
Uh, but B, besides breaking the rules that we shall not disclose on the <laughs> podcast, what's on your radar, man? Uh, where does James Daniels end up? Uh, he's really the one new face that came in uh, without Josh sitting there. You know, there's that hole at left guard. I think that James Daniels takes that. Uh, and I'm just curious to know, you know, how much of a fight is Eric Kish going to put up uh, at that left guard? Is it going to come down to the last week of the preseason? I'm just really interested to know. All right. Now we're going to play a game of called fill in the blanks. It's my new kind of uh, staple to end these shows. And it's been a lot of fun doing them so far for the previews. Uh, so I'm going to fill in the blanks, guys. When the offensive line is humming along and playing well, it'll be due to blank. But when the unit struggles this season, it'll be because of blank. B, you're on the spot. Uh, when the offensive line succeeds, it's due to the play calling. I think that Matt Nagy is going to be able to help these guys out, uh, get the ball to Trubisky's hand a little bit quicker so they don't have to be in pass pro quite as long. And I think Jordan Howard's really going to complement that in the run game. And the offensive line we know is already really good at creating holes for Jordan Howard. Two, two years of 1,000 yards rushing. Have to give a lot of credit to the offensive line on that one. Uh, when they when they fail, it's going to be due to injury because they're, they're thin at tackle. Not a fan of Bradley Sowell as a backup. And Bobby Massey's serviceable. And Charles Leno you know, has his hand technique problems where he's going to hold from time to time. Uh, so if there's an injury tackle, I think that's really where we're going to see the offensive line struggle. All right. What about you, Lester? You know, I agree. If if if, if it's going good, it's going to because because they're not going to do the the stuff we saw last year with the run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. It was just so frustrating to watch as a fan. Uh, and then if if they have struggles, it's going to be because of injury, whether it's Kyle Long or 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 Cody White here or or the tackles, which is with, with, like I'm I'm in the same one with Brandon. You know, the t- the tackles are injured, and you're forced to see Saul out there. That's going to be a problem because he can't block much on the edge. Um, but if, if if there is a little guard depth. If there's an injury there, but my big concern is that is the swing tackle. If it's Sowell, that makes me nervous. Yeah, I think uh, most people listening can agree with that as well. Uh, Lester, this is a two-parter exclusively for you. Uh, which lineman do you anticipate being on your sack watch the least, and what about the most? Uh, last, I think the most was Charles Leno. Um, and I think that's probably going to be the same district just because uh, he plays the, the 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 spot that has the the most the best edge rushers against him. Uh, he's he's going to get beat. It's going to happen. You know, just it's, it's, you know he's, he faces the the best competition on that side. So if he gives up you know four or five sacks again this year, it's just it's just the nature of the position. Um, as far as the least, I think it'll be uh, Cody White here this year. Um, I think he only allowed one sack I had for last year, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, I think if he's able to settle in at one spot, I think he may uh, pitch a shutout. I like it. That's a. I'm going to count that as a bold prediction as well because that's what I had up next. That's going to that's going to count for double. What, what about you, B? Do you have a bold prediction for the offensive line? It's kind of odd. I never thought of I'd have a bold prediction for an offensive line. Um, I think Kyle Long plays all 16 games. Uh, we've seen him kind of kind of fall off as far as his consistency his consistency as far as being on the field he's only played in 18 games the last two seasons so i think if he plays uh, a full year i i think i'd be surprised so that's gonna be my bold prediction there we go i'm gonna chime in here as well with a bold prediction if cody white here starts and stays at center this season and doesn't get moved around i'm gonna say zero uh you know botch snaps snaps that go over trubisky's head we saw plenty of those last year i think enough that can account for two different seasons so hopefully zero that's gonna be my bold prediction out of cody white here 
But all right, that's going to do it for the offensive line preview. Lester, you know, my man, thank you again for taking the time, uh, finding some shelter in this storm and to join Brandon and I this evening. You know, it's always an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. It's been too long, but I was glad to have you on again tonight. So thank you so much. It's always fun. You guys are great. I think you said it was awesome. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, I think the storm's kind of taking effect here towards the end. But don't forget, you can follow Lester. It is. See, I knew it. I knew it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got through the whole thing. So that's, that's great. Perfect. Awesome. Don't forget, you can follow Lester on Twitter at Will Fung Jr. And I think it goes without saying, but check out all of the great content that he and his team make over at WindyCityGridiron.com. And for our listeners, no matter where you are, how you consume our show, I just want to thank you for spending your time with us. I hope that you found all this information on the Bears offensive line to be of value to you heading into training camp. We're going to be back in two days, a short week, because 4th of July is on a Wednesday next week, which means we get to take the entire week off. But in two days, we're going to go ahead and preview the Bears' tight ends. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.